everybody. Welcome to episode 49 of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Maricatani, another international episode of Weighing In. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from Paris, France, joined as always by my man David Maricatani back in St. Louis. David, another overseas trip for you to yes, Dubai. Welcome back. Thank you, man. And, can, you know, I don't say congrats, but uh, congrats. Awesome job out there. And, you know, way to, way to be there and w- witness history. Pretty crazy stuff, huh? Absolutely. I, I can't get over how fortunate I've been to, to come into this <laughs> job at the time I did. I mean, man, you know, I, I come in and first two overseas trips, I get to see, uh, first American junior world team freestyle title since 1984, the first, uh, Greco-Roman gold medalist at the junior level since 1999. I get to see Helen Maroulis with the most dominant performance maybe in American world history. And uh, then to cap it off, Saturday night, Snyder Sajalai of Burroughs wins his fifth world and Olympic title. He becomes the second American to win four world titles. And then uh, history, as you said, uh, First American men's freestyle world title since 1995. Third all-time. You know, like I said, my my history in the sport uh, from a journalism standpoint goes back two decades, and I can say pretty confidently, probably pretty confidently, best night in American wrestling history during those 20 years. And I've heard some people make the argument that maybe the best night in American wrestling history, period, when you think about the characters involved, the stakes, and and all that. Uh, you know, and, and cliches it might sound to say that uh, you could have scripted better. You know, I'm not sure you could script it any better than Snyder versus Sajalayev. Team race tied, winner take all, no, you down to the last know. 25 seconds. Two, Unbelievable two Olympic stuff. champions and, you know, yeah, all that stuff. It's crazy, right? So, yeah, and I mean, we're going to look for all these different reasons why the, the improvement has happened, but I, I believe that it might just be the Andy Hamilton effect. You know, that, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think USA Wrestling may owe you a debt of gratitude and that, you know, you might be our country's good luck charm and, you know, they need to continue to make sure you are there for all these events. That whatever you're bringing to the table is done. I'm gonna chalk it up to Burroughs and Snyder and <laughs> you, don't want, you, don't, you don't want to be on level one with those Bing guys. Cox. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say they had a little bit more to do with it than me. But, stay, in, uh, stay in your lane, Andy. That's good, probably good advice. But yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what? And and uh, we we talked a little bit about this off air, but uh, I'm I'm in the process of you know basically you got a week here to kill in Paris taking off Friday for Athens for the Cadet World Championships. And in the wake of the junior world title and then the men's freestyle title here, uh, I'm writing a piece about how did we get to this point? How has the United States gone from, you know, where things were in 2007? You, you rewind the clock. 2007, Russia wins six of seven golds at the World Championships, goes through the entire tournament losing one match. So six golds, one bronze. And then uh, a year later, Henry Cejudo wins Olympic gold in Beijing, but that's it. The United States basically gathers all of the leaders 
in the sport from around the country for a summit to figure out what's wrong, how do we fix this thing, how does the United States get back on top. Even after that, there were some lean years after that, 2010. 2010, the United States goes to the World Championships and doesn't win a freestyle medal. And uh, 2013, goes, U.S. goes to World Championships, Jordan Burroughs wins gold, nobody else wins a men's freestyle medal. So as recently as 13, you know, things were, you know, there were some hard times then, but, uh, you know, the seeds were already planted. And and like I said, I'm working on this story. How did we get to this point? And and what I've discovered is there are a ton of fingerprints on that gold trophy. Yeah. Yeah. And and it goes back a long way. And one of the things, you know, in doing some interviews uh, for this, uh, talked to Terry Brands uh, this afternoon. And and he's not a you know not a hyperbole guy. Yeah. Uh, sure. But uh, but one of the things that he said um, uh, today, you know, and, and I'll read it verbatim. I don't usually say stuff like this, but he said, but I will say it's not going to get any easier for the rest of the world. And <laughs> he said American wrestling is very very strong, and it's not like it's anywhere near its peak. And and in talking to Terry, he told me about Doc Bennett's contributions to, uh, you know, really emphasizing the age development, age group development, and and some of the things that that he put into place, some of the changes he made. And I I had a chance to talk to Doc Bennett for about a half hour, and it was a really fascinating conversation. And one of the things that, uh, one of the things he talked about was how back in 2004, you know, he was sitting in a sauna in uh at the training center in Colorado Springs and, and had a chance to talk to Apollo Ono, the eight time Olympic speed skating medalist. And uh you know, at that point Doc Bennett was really working hard and, and not getting anywhere in his efforts to get Henry Cejudo into the training center. Henry Cejudo had two years of high school left, sixteen years old, wanting to get into the training center uh with his brother Angel. And United States Olympic Committee wasn't letting it happen. And, and Doc Bennett asked Apollo Ono, how old were you when you got into the training center? Apollo Ono, you know, from my research, sounds like he was 13 years old. Looks like he was 13 years old when he got into the training center. And, and uh, Doc Bennett took that to the USOC, and they pivoted right there, and they let Henry Cejudo in. And, and it, it was a domino-tipping moment. Yeah. If you start thinking ahead, you know, Henry Cejudo comes through and takes care of business and, and uh, at 21 years of age in 2008 when, you know, becomes the youngest Olympic gold medalist in American wrestling history. And, you know, about five years later, uh, Kyle Snyder makes the move out to Colorado Springs. And, and without Henry Cejudo, maybe Kyle Snyder doesn't get into the Olympic Training Center for his senior year of high school. And that speeds up his development and puts him on a path to break all of Cejudo's records as as uh, the youngest yeah. world Olympic champion in American history. And Cejudo's success was really, I think, sort of unprecedented because, you know, every you know people do revisionist history. They look at things, but back then, his decision was not popular. His decision was not like, well, that makes sense. You know, even a few years ago, when you know, but when Snyder went a few years ago and took his senior year off. It was like, well, that kind of makes sense. You know, he didn't have anything. What's he going to do, win another Maryland state title? You know, I mean, Cejudo was a trailblazer, you know, a groundbreaker, whatever term you want to use, you know, a pioneer. And 
It does. It is interesting. Cause and effect are really interesting things and in how, you know, what the left hand did over here, how years later it affects, you know, what the right hand is doing now. So it's uh, I can't wait to read that piece. You you have such a good sense of history of the sport. And uh, and, and Andy Hamilton with a few hours to kill is, is a is a is a good Andy Hamilton for the wrestling public. So I, that'll be really cool to read. You know, like I said, a lot of a lot of fingerprints on that trophy. Uh, Zeke Jones deserves a lot of credit for yes. Uh, yes. really studying the Russian system inside and out and, and emphasizing the RTCs. I think there was a movement probably uh, prior to Zeke Jones to try to get everybody out to the Olympic Training Center, try to get as many people out there as possible. And instead, he kind of flipped the script a little bit and and took, you know, if you want to put it this way, he, he took the Olympic Training Center uh, so to speak, and and took it to campuses all across the country. That's right. And he kept those, them. yeah, yeah, kept those athletes with the coaches that they were most comfortable with, and and so there you saw, you know, the regional training center model, and it it had already been in place. And and I, you know, if if people haven't listened to it, uh, the interview you did with Cody Bickley is is top notch, and Thank you know, you. go back and listen to that, yes. and yeah, and. Uh, you know, I would encourage our audience to go back and listen to that and kind of hear the, the breakdown of the history and the rules and, and this and that, uh, you know, because that, that was a big step for the United States, getting the, getting the RTCs in place where uh, not just, you know, the, you know, Jordan, you know, it's, and it's not just so Jordan Burroughs and James Green can stay in Lincoln and train where they're comfortable with the coaches, they're comfortable and, you know, Snyder out in, in Columbus and Gilman and Iowa city and so on and so forth. Right. Uh, but also open the doors for these young kids. And, and, you know, we see it, you know, Dayton fix and the success that he's having and, you know, being right there in Oklahoma and, and Gable Steveson being able to roll around with guys uh, up there, you know, in Minneapolis, at, you know, in, in you know, the Minnesota room. And yeah. Yeah. And even, even Mark Hall, I'm sure that, that he did some of that as well up at Apple Valley before he went to state college and uh, you know, Yanni, uh, you know, with, with the big red and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been instrumental in the development of those guys. And, you know, as well as, uh, we talked about this on a show about a month ago after I came back from the Olympic training center, you know, about six, seven weeks ago, just seeing guys like Gable rolling around with quiz and, you know, pushing him and, yeah, you know, not taking a backseat, David Carr doing the same with James Green and Jason Nolf, not taking a backseat, uh, those guys are out there to compete, and and it's raised their level uh, substantially. So, like Terry Brand said, and I, and I said it Saturday night, this thing's just getting going. It's just getting started, and and what a moment uh, that that was Saturday night. Yeah, and you know, just like America saw they had a problem and did a bunch of things to address it, the world is not going to be happy that America's on top. So now, you know, we go from being the hunted to being the chased, and you know that'll be. That'll be interesting to see how we work. And, you know, when I say, you know, you know, widen the gap, the gap was razor thin. I mean, it was, you know, one point it was it was literally Rocky versus Drago. You know, what I mean, but it's, uh, you know, you don't it's funny when you start doing these kind of shows, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. But the last 70 days in wrestling has been awfully cool from the world team trials to the junior the cadet worlds to this to to senior worlds to now juniors i mean 
and, you know, guys like Cody Bickley, you know, I appreciate you saying that was a good interview. And it, it was because of Cody, you know, and what a high energy guy he is. But to get a guy like that right on before all this happened and then to get like an Eric Guerrero on recently talking about RTCs and, you know, I, I think a, a lot of us didn't really understand RTCs. And now everybody, you know, wants to understand them and you can see the, the proof of how these things are, are working. And uh, it, it days like this last week make people talk about America and say we instead of they. And that's that's pretty cool. So, you know, yeah. Um, and like you said, I think, you know, chicken skin or goosebumps or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that that had to be some stuff that will not be erased from your memory for a long, long time. So many pieces of it, for sure. Uh, Snyder Sagelaya, seeing Burroughs and, and uh, you know, what he's gone through in the last year and a half. Yeah. You know, with, you know, the, the stumbles that he had in Rio. And, and he told me that, like, he was so embarrassed that he thought about not coming back. Wow. You know that, that you know that uh, there were moments after after Rio that uh, you know he 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 put it like this. He goes, you know, imagine your your failures becoming public. You know, you get uh, your house foreclosed upon. You know, you go bankrupt. Whatever it is, you know, you lose your job or you don't get the job you wanted, and all of that is there for the world to see. That's how he felt, and and um, you know, Lauren Burroughs, Jordan's wife did a tremendous job for us. You know, she wrote two pieces for us. Yeah. Uh, hopefully yeah. it's just the start. Hopefully we can get her to do more of that in the future. She is a phenomenal writer. Uh, Jordan's definitely not the only world-class talent in his family. <laughs> Lauren is, is a tremendous writer. Uh, and she wrote, um, if you get a chance and you're on Instagram, go look and see what she wrote on Instagram about, you know, his, uh, you know, what Jordan went through in the last year. She talked about how um, some people had given her, uh, somebody had given her a, like a little pin of the Eiffel Tower. They gave it to her in Rio after uh, after the tournament in Rio and said, you know, when the time is right, give this to Jordan. And, and uh, you know, when he starts thinking about Paris, because uh, basically, you know, at the end of the end of the road for him. Rio wasn't the end of the road for him. And um, you know, one of the things that Jordan told me in Colorado Springs, you know, because so many people have written him off and said that his best wrestling is behind him. You know, that he's not as fast as he used to be. That the double leg's not there. And it's funny because the double leg is what locked it up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he told me out in Colorado Springs in in early July. He said, I think my best wrestling is still in front of me because he, he felt like his athletic skills were still there. And he also feels like his knowledge uh, has come a long, long way. You know, his, his experience from where he started to where he is now. Um, and, you know, he's still got the toughness, still got the mind, and still has the athleticism. He, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me, you know, we did this interview the day before his 29th birthday. Mm-hmm. And he told me, uh, he told me, he goes, you know, you think about the Golden State Warriors, and he goes, nobody's saying these guys are these guys are done. You know, they're 28 and 29, 27, 28, 29, the, the core. And he goes, and re- wrestling's the only sport in which you turn 28 years, 28, 29 years old, and people are saying you're over the hill. And I think part of that is just due to, you know, the Snyders and Sajalayevs of the world now that are winning so young, they're winning world titles as teenagers. Uh, but, 
Well, you know, that to me, that moment, that moment of seeing Burroughs get back on top and knowing, you know, knowing Jordan, like, like I do having, having seen his journey over the course of uh, the last six years, six, seven years um, from not, not just on in the wrestling world either too, but just seeing like him grow as a man too. Cause I, I think back to his, his sophomore year in college when he lost to Brent Metcalf and, and I interviewed him in St. Louis after he'd finished third and he was this shy, this shy kid back then. Yeah. And, and, you know, you really didn't say a whole lot when you'd ask him questions back then, but now uh, interviews with Jordan Burroughs, like 30 minutes goes by like, like two minutes. And you ask him one question, like, like all you have to do in my opinion is have one question in mind <laughs> when you go into an interview with Jordan Burroughs and then just listen yeah, and those, it becomes a conversation. Those are the best. And, and they're not interviews. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah. They're conversations. And, and the guy has meant so much to the sport of wrestling, uh, not just with what he has done uh, in terms of success, but the way he's handled himself, the example that he set uh, both, you know, on the mat and off, the way he lives his life, uh, the engaging personality that he has. He's drawn a lot of people into the sport and made a lot of people feel like Shane Sparks and I were talking about this. When you talk to Jordan Burroughs, you feel like, uh, you know, he makes you feel like you're the most important person in the world. Yeah. And uh, he has that power and charisma to do that. And, you know, by the same token, Kyle Snyder, um, just, you know, the way he lives his life, what he's all about. Uh, you know, we, we're blessed in the United States to have two top-notch leaders uh, leading the way for this this program right now. Yeah, and th- they're unbelievable wrestlers, and you can really make the argument they're better people. And that's – that's if, if they were just as good a people as they were wrestlers, that would be amazing. So, you know, and it doesn't surprise me at all that Jordan Burroughs would, would marry somebody that's with world-class talent. I mean, that's sort of, you know, most most people that strive for excellence at that level find somebody that's on their level. So that's, you know, that's it's it's uh yeah, you, you let's, let's dig into the to what happened. And you're, you know, like walk through the matches and the situation and, you know, what, what I saw back home and or, or back in Dubai and what you you saw live because there's so much to get into. Right. Absolutely. Let's start with Snyder Sagalaya. Okay. I think that's a good starting point. Um, I guess first of all, David, your impressions of the match. What 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 were your main takeaways from that match? Well, there's a couple things. Number one, you know, I think first of all, big credit to Sajalaya for moving up. You know, I mean, no yep. no fear. You know, he's not ducking Snyder. And when Snyder heard about it, Snyder <laughs> Snyder's been talking about this for a year, and. Uh, it's just the mentality of two champions, right? Like, good. I'm glad this guy's coming up. And, you know, I don't think we have a lot of energy with Sajalaya, but clearly, you know, Snyder's not moving anywhere. So these two guys want to see each other. Number two, Snyder, his, I mean, his gas tank is unbelievable. And I remember when I got a chance to interview Jay Jaggers and I asked him what makes Snyder special. He goes, he trains so hard half the time you think he's going to pass out and you're going to have to take him to the hospital. <laughs> I mean, like he literally yeah. said that he goes, he goes, it's, it's almost scary. He goes, the first couple of days it was scary. Now we just go, that's Kyle. And I can't remember if he said that on air or, or, you know, off air when I was talking to him prepping for the interview, but that's unbelievable. Right. Like, and I think, 
you know, a lot of times we normal people go, well, those guys are just more talented than us. And that's kind of how, you know, we justify in our mind that we're not as great as them. I don't know that Snyder is a, a super athlete. I just think his mentality and his intestinal fortitude and his power mentally to just dig deeper than a lot of us are willing to dig is, is really what happened. You know, I saw him afterwards say, you know, a lot of guys try to sprint with 20, 30 seconds left and he sprinted with a minute left. And I went back and watched the match literally 15 minutes before we came on air and he probably hit 10 or 12 fakes and three or four shots and six or seven snaps all in the last 59, 60 seconds. It, it's, I remember, yeah, yeah. you'll know the match because you're smarter than me, but I remember last year watching a match where he was losing six nothing at the break and came back and beat the guy 10-6, and then the last takedown, the guy literally just laid down and waited for Snyder to jump on him and pin him. He was that tired. That's you know, insane. Yeah. 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 You know, one of the things that uh, Tom Ryan told me out at the uh, training center, he said, Snyder has a superhuman heart. And I kind of laughed. Like, I thought he meant, like, just, you know, the heart of a champion, you know, what, you know. Yeah. And he goes, no, really. He goes, he really has a superhuman heart. He goes, we have tried to get his heart rate up, uh, and we can't get it past, I think he said, like 182 or something like that. We've tried so hard to get that guy. And he, you know, and he, and he also said he has a way of recovering faster than anyone that he'd ever been around. And, uh, you know, you combine that also with, with, uh, you know, some, some other pretty special gifts, um, Mentality-wise, I think I think uh, you know awareness, mat awareness. Um, he was phenomenal on the edge of the mat in the tournament. Yeah. You go back and you watch his very first match of the tournament. And we we cut it up. It's somewhere out there on Track Wrestling's Twitter account where where there's a spot where he's getting pushed out of bounds, and the guy's completely behind him. Throws an overhook on this guy, and gets completely behind him and shoves him out of bounds. <laughs> and I, I like stuff like that. Just, it, it amazes me that, you know, just, just the awareness he has. And there was, um, you know, there was another key moment like that in the, in the finals where it looked like he was probably going to get pushed out of bounds yeah. and, yeah, I know what you're talking about. you know, go behind, go behind and, and spin around for two. And, and one of the things that, that really struck me, you talk about how hard he went in, in the final minute, but uh, it was really uncharacteristic of Kyle Snyder to not shoot as much. You know, he didn't shoot all that much in the first five minutes. And I think he was focused on making it a hard hand fight yeah. and and taking it out of Sajalayev that way. And you could you could certainly see that uh, Sajalayev, when, when his – head hit the mat after that takedown there wasn't much left and he had that one kind of throw by attempt yeah like a limp, after like a limp arm go behind yeah. yeah yeah and he was and, close and, to it and that was pretty much it yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah. how scary yeah. that guy is he looks exhausted and he still almost wins the world title yeah but but yeah i mean you look at the end of the match and said i didn't have anything left and you know the hand fight kyle talked about that even uh after the semifinals he goes uh made a comment about uh you know, I we'll see how he holds up against my hand fighting. Really? And That's what he said. Yep, 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 yeah. It was, it was something along those lines. That's not verbatim. No, nah, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the point is made. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And 
So that was pretty fascinating match to watch how how it played out. Snyder came out so hard. He said I was gonna, you know, he said that as well after semifinals. I'm gonna attack him from the opening whistle, and he attacked so hard that uh, took himself out. Got of taken down right yeah. up. Yep, yeah, right yeah. in the beginning. But uh, man, what a match! It, what a match! And and uh, go ahead, David. No, it, it's. I mean, you know, you've covered it for 20 years, and you know, I've been wrestling for a long time. You know, little. I hate to age myself, but longer than that. And um, you know, you look at all the statistics and how many times you know the guy that scores the first takedown in freestyle, folk style, Greco, whatever, they usually win. It's, Snyder almost doesn't care, and he has that mentality. I think that. As long as the pace is really high, I'm going to be okay. And that's a different mentality. Like, you really have to, first of all, you have to believe in yourself. And second of all, you have to be willing to just be in a lot of pain. And I don't think that a lot of people are really up for that process. Like, you know, what Snyder does, I mean, the skill sets are really hard. Don't get me wrong. But just, I'm just going to work so hard that I'm going to feel like death. That in itself, to say that isn't hard, just to have the stones to execute it, that's what's really difficult. And that guy's just, he just, you know, I coached a few guys, I mean, obviously not on that level, but they're like, I'm just willing, I'm going to hurt, and then you're going to hurt worse. And that's, yeah, you know, but. When I start hurting, I'm going to smile because I know if I feel tired, you must feel near death. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, once back in the day at a, at a smaller level, I think I thought like that. And I mean, that's just to, th- to do it at that level is just it's epic, man. I mean, there's no other word for it. It's just next level, straight beast mode thinking. and. That's I always tell the guys that I interview that your normal is not anybody else's normal. And, you know, Snyder, he walks in the practice room and says, all right, I'm going to feel like death today. I'm going to do something else tonight, and then tomorrow I'm going to feel like death again. You know, just the guy is epic. I don't even know, you know, another word to describe it. And, I mean, he's, he's mature beyond his years. And there's just no question about that. So, um yeah, yep. it's such a cool match to watch, and you know, um, I think it's like one of those things where you start calling people and like, you know, did you see that? You know, it's, it's one, it was one of those kind of matches. So it was it was super cool, really, really cool stuff. So David, he's twenty one years old. He's twenty one years old, and he's got three world and Olympic titles. Yeah, at least he can have a legal like, drink to celebrate now, right? <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think Kyle was sipping on a water at the uh, USA. <laughs> Wrestling social afterwards, if I saw him. So when I saw him, so he had to go back to class, right? Anyway, <laughs> I mean... yeah, he had to be, yeah, he had to be back to class <laughs> on Monday. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it was unbelievable. So yeah, so I mean, those you know, and the Burroughs match again, like he, you said a lot of things about it, and I, I agree with some of it, but the thing I, I do disagree about, and I understand, first of all, if you want to be the best in the world, the greatest of all time, you have to think differently than most people, no doubt. But it's not true that in a lot of sports, 28 year or 29 year prime, I mean, like gymnast, 29 is a dinosaur, you know, a lot of Olympic sports. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I understand right. why he's thinking that way. And I would certainly think that way if I were him too, 
But that's just, again, mental toughness. And like, look, I don't care what anybody says. I'm the best, and this is how I'm going to handle business. And, you know, I do think that's, that he's probably a half a second slower. But I also think he's probably a half a second smarter. And I think a guy like James Green in the beginning was benefiting a lot from Jordan Burroughs. And I think now Jordan Burroughs is benefiting some from being with James Green. I mean, you know, that. Those two guys are really fun to watch, and you watch any. And I got a chance to watch them spar and warm up uh, in Nebraska, and that that was like, you know, you could charge tickets to just watch those guys kind of, you know, play wrestling. Man, I mean, it's crazy. So, and you're right about Jordan Burroughs making everybody feel so important. You know, I went in the wrestling room with uh, Jason High, who had wrestled for Merrimack in Nebraska. And Jordan walks in, and the first thing he does, he goes, Jason, how you doing? And, you know, Jason and I were sitting there afterwards, and I said, how was that? He goes, yeah, he goes, it was, he goes, it was pretty cool. I was about to say hi to him, and, you know, he walks over and hugs it out with me first. I mean, the guy's just an incredible ambassador for the sport, like you're saying. And, um, yeah, America's really lucky to have these, these two guys leading the way. And I think – I actually think Burroughs enjoys Snyder kind of being at the top. I think it's taking some pressure off of him a little bit. So I think that part's really cool, too. Well, you know, Jordan told me back in Colorado Springs, he told me, and we talked about how he's seen the program grow. Because I, I think back to 2011, and, and uh, I don't make too many predictions. I don't get too many predictions right. But but I wrote a piece <laughs> after he won the world world title in 2011. I wrote, this is the guy the USA wrestling has been waiting 20 years for somebody to be the face of the franchise like this, that that can rattle off a string of world titles, not, not just be a one and done guy. <laughs> and, and um, he's seen the program grow from just him to now six medalists and, you know, Kyle, a multi-time champion and uh, more, more guys on the way, like I said, but uh I asked him, I, I said, what, you know, we talked about a team title and what that would mean. I asked him, you know, is this the best team you've been a part of? And, and he said, no doubt about it. And he told me, he goes, I want to win a team title. I, I want to win a team title. I've been a part of one team title in my life. And that was sharing the Big 12 title with Iowa State, uh, you know, in, in, uh, I don't remember if it was his senior year at, at Nebraska or his junior year, one of those years in there that uh, they shared the Big 12 title. It's been the only team title he had won wow. up to this point. And uh, uh, pretty cool to see that, uh, you know, he gets to add that to his resume as well. Yeah, I think something, and just a sidebar to that, what's really interesting about that team title is, you know, and, you know, we cover, you know, you know, I've been following wrestling for years as a fan and as a coach, and you follow as a journalist, and, like, when I was coaching, you know, you're following the team points. Like, oh, we got a pin, or oh man, we got a buy, and they got a pin, and you know, they got advancing points and this and that. The the way the team scores work in the world, it's so hard to even tell who's where because until the semis are over, you don't even know who's pulled back into the backside to even try to medal and and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's like nothing, 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 nothing. Okay, here's a ton of data points, and you have to figure out really quickly who's in what place and stuff like that. So I think it makes it harder, really harder for even the people there to follow, much less the people back home. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Uh, while you're on the topic tonight, I want to rewind a little bit because, you, you know, your point about the pace and relentlessness and all that. Yasdani Tarati, same deal, man. That <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah. that guy's pace. And Stupid, he just right? made people melt. He yeah. just made people yeah. melt and, and not, really not with taking that many shots, just an excessively hard hand fight, you know, beating guys to a pulp just with a hand fight. And, um, man, did you, did you get a chance to see the welcome that he got on the way when he got back to Iran? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, you guys posted it. Yeah, it was crazy, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it was incredible. It's incredible. Wrestling it is like different uh different, you know, we get very myopic when you're you're only in the United States. You know, like uh I mean, I think, you know, you know and I think maybe some people know that I, you know, I like jiu-jitsu and I've done some jiu-jitsu and you know, one morning I um you know, wake up and before we go over to the gym there uh, turn on the TV and the, the Abu Dhabi Masters Jiu Jitsu tournament is on TV. And it's like no big deal. It's like baseball here or football here. And I mean, that's, I know a lot of people are frustrated that, you know, like USA Today and Sports Illustrated and ESPN and all those kind of things didn't give wrestling a lot of publicity for what was a historical win, you know, but in other parts of the world, wrestling is so important. And that's like, like you said, you know, how, how Iran or Iran looks at, you know, his gold medal is, is super, super cool, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember when I went to Iowa State and it's a much smaller level, but like on the five, six, ten o'clock news, wrestling highlights are on. I mean, you're an Iowa guy, but I mean, we, they, that's not the case in St. Louis. You know, I mean, it, you know, everybody has these pockets where certain things are really important. And, you know, I think as, as wrestling, I think one of the things that's positive about how that's how the success of America at the junior level, cadet level, senior level is it's making it harder for the mainstream media to just ignore wrestling. And I think that's really good. Like, okay, we have to at least mention it 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. And that becomes even, you know, that's another way we can grow the sport. So guys like you and me Absolutely. think about the growth of the sport because we're not wrestling every day, you know? And so I, yeah. I, I hope that's another positive fallout that happens out of all this so. absolutely and you know you know our parent company nbc sports yeah um 20 plus hours of the world championships on television uh i didn't get a chance obviously you know over here in paris still not you know i didn't get a chance to watch the telecast <laughs> i did uh, that, that was on sunday uh but you know it's on 85 million homes yeah you know the, they did a the great NBC job has, too this, it, it was great. I watched the day before I left and I just watched, I coached two little kids. I told you that. And I watched, uh, we just watched the final matches of Burroughs and Snyder on, on my DVR, um, of, of NBC sports. So, you know, with, with the parents and the kids and, you know, I've been talking to them about hand fighting and they got to watch that and they walked out of here ready to, ready to go snap somebody's head on the way to the car. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, those those things make a difference. All these little, you know, pivot points, uh, tipping points, like Malcolm Gladwell says, you know, like, you know, you go back to like Cejudo, those kind of things. These these are, you know, epic things. And, you know, I talked, I explained to the guys at team score and I said every single match that happened, you know, made a difference. Like. Gwizdowski winning bronze, Jaden winning bronze, even, uh, you know, the guys that didn't medal, those guys winning matches that all, 
they needed every single point for that final thing to be set up. So, you know, wrestling's not a team sport, no matter what anybody says. It's a bunch of individuals, and then they figure out a way to keep team score. But, you know, there are times when the team aspect comes into play, and it's that when you see grown men going crazy. I mean, I talked to some guys, and they said Kevin Jackson was losing his mind over there, and I've been around Kevin when he decided. <laughs> and when I interviewed Kevin, I go, you can't be around Kevin Jackson to have a bad day. He just that kind of dude. I, I, you know, I, I'd have paid to just hang out with Kevin and have have drinks with him on, on you know, the night after that because I know that guy's just he is high energy and and he he's his attitude is infectious and he just brings those that kind of energy to other people and it, it just makes an unbelievable event takes it to the next level. So, you know, I, I'm very happy for you. You know, you've been in this business a long time and nobody deserves to. uh you know, to, to make the first trip overseas and experience stuff like that more than you. So I'm, I'm really happy for you. Dude, I've won the, I feel like I've won the Powerball, the wrestling Powerball <laughs> this year. It's been yeah. Incredible. We were messaging back and forth and yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it can't get any better than, than juniors. Well, okay. Well, you know, these guys all met. Okay. You know, okay. Bro, oh my God. You know, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you hit the Powerball the lottery for sure, but it's it's awesome. So, you know, some of the stuff too, like it was really cool, was just being behind the scenes mm-hmm. and seeing, uh, you know, Sabalov warming up wearing a USA Wrestling shirt. What was that about? Warming up, and I don't know. I still haven't found out what that was about, but uh, um, it it was funny because you know he's going around and and like he was having a playful time with Shane Sparks and I. Yeah. Um, you know, he would, uh, point two fingers at his eyes and then point at us. Then he, he would, um, grab, have his, he'd point at us and then pound his fist into his hand. <laughs> yeah. And then, but totally laughing at sure, us. Sure, right, totally right. Laughing yeah. at us the whole time. Just totally playful fun. And, um, you know, it, that was a lot of fun in the back. Sad July of back there, uh, if you get a chance, go back and watch the behind the scenes footage that we've put up, uh, Sedgley have taken a drink of water and then like a like a whale blowing water out of his blowhole <laughs> straight up in the air on top you know yeah. and having having the water rain back back down on him just some some really funny stuff you know seeing the contrast between uh, you know Burroughs being totally locked in serious and <laughs> and Sabalev you know kind of joking around back there it's, you know it's just fun to see the personalities yeah and, and so, everybody so that was really cool yeah everybody's got their own way of getting ready right you know and yep. You know, yep. wrestling's a cool sport that way. There's more than one way to win. You know, I mean, you know, you don't have to just shoot singles or doubles or high crowd. I mean, there's all these different ways to win. And, you know, these yeah, guys. Yeah, like, like Terry Brand said. Like Terry Brand said in, in the uh, match chat, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You can skin it for, you know, <laughs> head to tail or tail to head. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking. Yeah, my man got real graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and John Smith said that. You know, he's like, you know, everybody thinks I want guys to wrestle like me. He goes, I like guys to wrestle like Hale Sanders, and I like guys to wrestle like Tom and Terry Brand. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, we're older. I mean, I'm older than you, but I think one of the things that we maybe forget about is, you know, like I watched that video today with two 10, 11-year-olds. They're like, that. Those these guys are those guys' heroes now. You yeah. know, and and that's what's great about – not just Burroughs and not just Snyder, but, you know, the silver medalists and the bronze medalists. These guys are all really seemingly really good people. 
I mean, these are unbelievable role models for these kids. Like, you know, who cares if you want to be Jaden Cox or Kyle Snyder? They're both awesome guys and, you know, they wrestle different styles, but, you know, they carry themselves like champions on and off the mat. They're doing things for the community and everything else. And I mean, I, that's the part where I do think America's in unbelievably good hands, you know, that the guys that are winning, you're not, they're not, you know, showing up on police blotters and stuff like that. And they're going above and beyond to do the right thing a lot of times. So I think that's really amazing. Did uh, David, you get a chance to check out the heavyweight final? I did. I did. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just next level, right? Like, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about uh, best ever yeah. stuff and Paha Akul, Gino Petrishvili, back and forth, shots, reattacks. Tremendous stuff. I mean, these guys, and you know, talked about this. Uh, you know, when I when I recapped it in one of our other shows, I talked about the 2015 World Championships. And one of the things that was most enlightening to me about the 2015 World Championships was just the level of talent at heavyweight. And yeah. and and these guys are like top notch wrestlers who happen to weigh. You know, 125 kilos or less. They're not That's heavyweights right. who happen to be wrestlers. And some of the stuff that these guys were doing in that match, David, it was unbelievable. Agreed. And just, you know, the high level, like you're saying, just high level. You said it great. They're great wrestlers that happen to weigh more than 100 kilos. You know, and and they're not just like, well, okay, like, you know, they're good at an underhook or the they're just really, really good wrestlers, like unbelievable wrestlers. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, those guys are so fun to, to watch. And I mean, it, it also like guys that are coaching are like, look, you, you don't, you know, you don't need to seem to be a fat butt, you know, at this weight class, you can be good and train and, and, and continue to learn techniques and hit moves and stuff like that. And yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it was just, there was, I'm telling you, I probably watched, you know, being in this new role of track, you watch more wrestling maybe than you do normally, and you watch it from a different viewpoint. And I probably watched more unbelievable wrestling from the U.S. Open till now. At least it feels like, again, maybe it's prisoner of the moment, but it just feels like I've watched so much unbelievable wrestling in the next, in the last 90 days. It's just insane. So. You know, and it's it's been really fun to watch that and sit in a few corners and stuff like that. But it's it's really been special. So, how about Gilman? How about Thomas Gilman's run? Okay, so this has been said before, all right? But Thomas Gilman almost didn't get into the U.S. Open. I mean, and you yeah. go back to the national. Yeah, so it's the last chance qualifier. And and you go further back than that. You're like, you know. He was one of those undefeated guys that, you know, came into, you know, came into nationals. I think there was 10 or 11 of them, and he was seemingly a lock. And then one of the things you have to give credit to Gilman for, first of all, I think he's matured a lot since he made some, you know, some some statements that he, you know, in hindsight he shouldn't have. His His interviews and commentary about, Everything afterwards is is really a sign of growth, and he that dude he's ticked off he didn't win. 
You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's the attitude you have to have, obviously. But I think most of us as fans are like, cool, Gilman's going to meddle. Okay, Gilman's, you know, he got a, you know, people are like, he got a good draw. Well, okay, sure. But he never been there before at the senior level. You know, like you said, he was down 6-0 in the last chance qualifier. I mean, this guy's, that run is epic from the semis on Friday night in, in St. Louis to here. That, you know, talk about a guy that, you know, had to hit rock bottom in terms of what he thought was going to happen, you know, in his senior year at Nationals versus what did happen. And now, you know, if you're his friend, what are you going to do? Tease him about not winning Nationals? Like, okay, well, you know, I can't hear you with this world medal hanging around my neck. I mean, just unbelievable. And he didn't get lucky. You know, it wasn't like he got some good calls. He just no. wrestled his ass off. Yeah, and the thing about it, too, is you sit there and you look. How many single legs did he have that he didn't finish? And when he gets better at finishing on some of those things. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that That's exactly right. And, and he's got some guys that, as coaches, that were pretty good at that. So he might be able to fix that, you know. Yeah. Yep. He's got a few yep, guys absolutely. in that room. You know, and, and he's – you could tell – He's really strong for that weight. And I actually think when they go to these two day weigh ins, I think it's going to benefit Gilman. Cause you it's going to benefit all of the Americans. Yep. Yeah, right. But like, I'm not sure it's going to benefit like Logan Steber, who's killing himself to get down there and may have to move right. up. I mean, it, 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 all else being equal, it's going to benefit the Americans for sure because they're used to doing it. But I think it's going to really benefit Gilman. He looked really strong. Yep. He looked big. I mean, he looked, I think I said this to you in Nebraska. He looked bigger than Ramos, like significantly bigger. And, and I didn't see any of the matches where the guys he wrestled at the Worlds, you're like, well, that guy's way bigger than him. I mean, he's a big, but he didn't look that big in college to me. I mean, he looked bigger than Cruz, but he didn't look bigger than Lezak and some of those other guys. He didn't really look bigger than Suriano in the duel, but and and those guys are doing one hour weigh-ins and you know now he's where these guys are ballooning up and everything else and yeah he was unbelievable and i mean and, and there's a guy that they needed every single point obviously you can repeat this about anybody but they needed all the points from all the guys to win the thing and if somebody had said ahead of time Gilman's going to make the finals you're like okay we'll take that you know and then the kid he wrestled in the finals man that guy's impressive the japanese guy that that, yep. that first reattack that he scored on, good lord, that was slick and nasty, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, just sure. Sure. yeah, yeah. Those those are the kind of things that when you're a nerd like me, you go videotape that 14 times and show kids and how to how to do that. But yeah, Gilman <sighs> Gilman was great. James Green was was great. And how good is Frank Chimizo? Wow, wow, <laughs> athletically. There's, you know, probably not another guy in the world like that guy. I mean, he, some of the some of the stuff he he does, it's, it's I've never seen anything like it. It's kind of like he's one of those guys that they almost make you mad because he can just go get when he wants to go get something, he just goes and gets it, right? Yeah, sure looks that way. You know, like all right, yeah, okay, Andy, Dave, I'm gonna let you get a takedown so you can feel good about it. You can go back and tell your girlfriend you scored on me. And then I'm just going to go hit a high crotch and place you and put you out of your misery. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
it does kind of show you how good Jordan Oliver's, you know, best is too. Is I mean, he gave Jamizo all he wanted to beat the streets. That's for sure. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I think Jamizo is going to have to stay at 70, though. I think 65 on a two-day weigh-in is, is going to be too much, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Green was awfully impressive, though, on the way to the finals, you know. And then, and then the two guys that won bronze, I mean, you know, I thought Gwiz wrestled great, you know, for his first, you know, first time at the big, big show. You know, I thought he yep. really wrestled well. And I think, you know, realistically, those two guys in the finals at heavyweight are, are just better than him right now. There's nothing, there's nothing, yep. there's no shame in that statement. So nope. he did absolutely, you know, realistically the best he could do. And, and again, needed it and got it. And, you know, got to give him confidence, you know, makes the trials a lot easier for him the next time. I mean, obviously, Jaden Cox, I mean, you know, the interview with him, you know, he, I think he had a, a hard weight cut from what I could kind of gather and listen to and hear and see. And, you know, he probably wrestled a C or a C-plus tournament for him and took third. I mean, I guess there's a lot of ways yeah. to look at that, right? I mean, um yeah. I, I think people don't know, like you, you helped me a lot with like Matt chat and stuff like that. And you've helped me learn how to interview people. And you suggested I interview Brian Smith um, right before worlds. Cause Jaden was wrestling and, and he pointed out, he's like, Jaden's never had a full season of freestyle in his life. He's, he's going to get a lot better, a lot faster than people are really thinking about. So I think Jaden will be really interesting because he'll probably, I mean, he said he's going to go to that 92 kilo weight. So I think he'll worry less and less about cutting weight, more and more about getting better. Um, and, you know, as, as, as to quote him, as poorly as he wrestled, he took third, which man, most of us, that would be the dream of a lifetime. And he really battled. He was down 6-0 and in a trap arm and was, you know, two little gut wrenches from being out of the tournament. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, that, you know, the, yep. the ceiling, to quote Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof for that guy. So, I mean. Yeah. And, you know, and, and let's not forget, too, I mean, it was a sprint to the finish line to get him get him ready for this tournament. I mean, I, you know, he injures the knee out in, in uh, Lincoln uh, yep. at the middle of June. And uh, second week of July, I think, is when he was finally cleared to start wrestling again. And. So, you know, it's definitely not ideal that close to the world championships. And, and I think, uh, you know, I'm intrigued to see how he does it. The, the next weight class, 92 kilos, when that comes out, who's going to be there? What what weight is of going to go? I was going to ask you. Will he go 92? Will he drop back to 86? I think it would be really fascinating to see who's where uh, next October. If you had to put 10, to bucks, 10 bucks on a where is of what weight? If you had to guess. Oh boy. I you know what I think he's I think the competitor in him is probably gonna to want to go ninety seven. I think he's that kind of competitor. Which is a huge compliment. You know, yeah. Yep, yep. Now I don't know that uh, that that's the best weight for him. He seems like you know, he's maybe, a perfect ninety two, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh certainly he's gonna to have to find a home for uh for Tokyo, right? He's gonna to have to find Yeah. You know, whether he goes back down to 86 or whether he goes up to 97, and I kind of wonder if he might, 
So we'll see. I don't I, I don't know what he was weighing. You know, it, it would either way he goes. If he if he goes eighty six, you know, he's got Yazdani Karate there, and I think that's a that's a really interesting matchup. If he stays at ninety seven, there's Snyder there. Yeah. So I, I think either way, um, either way we all win, you know, in 2020. So yeah, you know, the question is what happens in you know in 18 and 19. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I, I, if I had to guess, but again, and obviously there's a lot to do with you know, where how Russia wants to put their lineup together, but in a vacuum, you know, not saying well these are Olympic weights and these are non-Olympic weights, you know, all and you can't do this because that those things all matter. But in a vacuum, it seems like 92 is a better weight for him. Like, Snyder looks bigger yep. than him. And Yeah, that's what Snyder said. He, he felt small. Yeah, he said he felt strong. Yeah, he felt stronger than him. And you could see it. I mean, you know, so that would be an awesome matchup to watch. And, I mean, I, I don't want to do a deep dive on that tweet stuff, but I do think it's important that I thought it was cool how Kevin Jackson and some other people, you know, just came to Jaden's, you know, supported him and, you know, We've t- I've said this, you know, I don't know if you agree, but you know, that wrestling's an individual sport with team score. But one of the things about wrestling that is a team sport is it's impossible to get better at wrestling without having somebody to wrestle with. You know, it's not like golf where you can go hit 500 balls or swimming or yep. a bunch of other things where you can do it by yourself. I mean, swimming is really, you know, you have a coach, but you're not, you don't really need somebody next to you. So, you know, I, I just hope that. You know, I know all these guys want to win, you know, and I know a lot of guys are disappointed. I mean, there's only two guys on America's team that are happy, you know, that are, th- that are actually thrilled. You know, those are the two guys that won. Everybody else is at least partially disappointed. And we talked about Gilman, who had an unbelievable tournament. Well, I don't think Thomas Gilman's happy. I, I, and I right. think that's a compliment to Thomas Gilman, that he's got the right. mentality of a champion. I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that's awesome. You know, if, yep. if I took second, I'd be calling people and try to schedule a parade. You know, he's probably back working in on how to finish single legs like you were talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. So, but I, I just hope that everybody will, you know, I know I don't want to sing Kumbaya, but people got to support each other. And if you, you know, you have a private, you know, you have a beef, that's okay, but you got to keep it to yourself because, you know, this was an amazing moment, an amazing weekend. And, and you know, that's got to be the, the, the big story for sure. Well, look, maybe they'll be teammates next year, right? I mean, that's what it feels you know, like. The, the right? new, weight classes, new weight classes work out really well for the United States in the short term. No doubt about it in the short term. Yeah, I mean, there's other guys it's, there, uh, but if, if you go, you know, 74 Burroughs, 79 Dake, 86 Taylor, 92 Cox, you know, good. That's that's awesome. Now, will those weights be in place for the World Cup? That's my understanding. They start uh, January 1st. Wow. You know, but, uh, Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Think about it, too. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, hasn't been talked about a whole lot coming out of there is Iran finished ninth. Yeah. So as it currently stands, unless somebody bows out, uh, Iran in. won't be yeah. in the World Cup. When's the last time they won in the thing. World Cup? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. But, uh, Long time, right? But Yeah, but, you know, I gotta believe there's gonna be some people working to make that happen somehow, some way that, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. they'll find a way to get Iran into that tournament. And hopefully, you know, you, you think about some of the potential, uh, matchups there as well. And, um, you know, Japan, tremendous tournament by Japan. You could have a rematch of the 57 kilo gold medal match in Carver Hawkeye Arena. That would be bananas. <laughs> 
Gilman, you know, no support, Gil- no support in that match from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, you know, hopefully, you know that this spurs some changes with Russia, and maybe they bring their their A team to Iowa City. I I know that uh, you know a lot of people on the American side would love to see that happen. So, yeah. You know that's that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun next April in Iowa City. This isn't obviously but. a sixty second answer, but. Why did, in your opinion, what what led to Iran doing so poorly? I mean, for for their standards. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I don't. You know, there were some guys that underperformed, no doubt. Um, you know, I thought uh, at sixty five and and seventy, um, you know, they lost some matches in there that they could have won. I thought that they'd be in a contention for medals at those two weights. Uh, not having Rahimi in the tournament of 57 kilos, that, that really hurts as well. But, uh, so certainly not, not the kind of team that we've been accustomed to seeing from Iran in years past. And, and, you know, maybe just one of those cycles, you know, we see, like you said, we see things, things are a little bit cyclical in wrestling and, you know, United States on a good run right now, Iran, not so much. Uh, but, uh, you know, they certainly still have uh, the king of the jungle at 86 kilos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we probably need to talk about Helen for a minute, right? Yep. You read my mind. You read my mind. Unbelievable performance by Helen Morales. 52-0. David, that, uh, I don't know, from my vantage point, a couple years ago, Helen, when she won her first world title and, and went, and outscored the field there, 34-0, and she she seemed to me when I was sitting there, like all right, she is really advanced technically over the rest of the field. Uh, some of the stuff that she was doing, man, just just some super high level stuff. Right. Now she still has that, but she's physically stronger than everyone she faced. And when you combine those two, man, that's that's what you get, 52-0. And going back in time, I, I don't know if there's ever been a more dominant performance by an American at a world championship event. It'd be hard. I mean, I don't know how it'd be more dominant, right? I mean, maybe equally, but I think you're probably right. Like, what, maybe somebody won 53 to nothing. I mean, you know, like, you know, once it's over 10-0, it's just whether, you know, I mean, that's, right. yeah, I mean, you know, like, okay, it was nine and you got two. Okay. Well, 11 0 is really not more dominant than 10 0. It just, just how it worked out. The numbers, she, she's unbelievable. And again, another person who cert, seems like she's a better person than she is a wrestler, which is insane because she's the best. Maybe, you know, I mean, she's somebody that you go, she could threaten John Smith's record. You know, I mean, there's like yeah. three, four people now that literally are in that conversation, right? Like her, yep. Burroughs, and, and Snyder. Snyder, yep. That you know like, what? Maybe the key to all this, David, is to maybe be a good person, right? Sure. That doesn't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. doesn't hurt anything. <laughs> if, yeah, if it's – yeah. And – I think that's, you know, wrestling does have a lot of role models. And I I do think, you know, that it, it's easy to say, hard to do, you know, to make good decisions day after day after day. I mean, I, 
I watched my dad coach for years. I watched my mom for years, and they're, they're literally the two best human beings I know. And sometimes stuff happened that I didn't understand it. And you know, you're like, well, they're good people. They should, you know, they should catch breaks. Well, you know, it doesn't always happen. You know, you're not nice today, and you catch a break tomorrow. But I remember talking to Lee Pritz. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 2015 when the training camp was at Arizona State. And I just, you know, you know, he and I are friends. And I just said, who really impressed you at the training camp? And he said, he literally pointed those three people out. These, the same, the people that won. And he goes, but he really talked about Helen because he hadn't been around her a lot. And he said, everything she does has a purpose. Everything she does, you know, is structured. Everything she does is disciplined. Everything she does is intense. And he goes, it's not a guy or a girl thing. He said, it's just impressive. And that's, you know, her relationship with Valentine, And I mean, just the faith that those two have in each other. And, you know, like I, I listened to an interview she did after the Olympics with like Jim Rome. She's an unbelievable ambassador for our sport and, and for women. And that's a whole different level of ambassador there because women's wrestling is really important. It's, it's crucial to have. And I think women's wrestling got a lot of legitimacy this weekend with guys like Kerry Collad and John Smith coaching, like being happy to be associated with that team and to coach that team. I, I don't know what you think, but I think the public perception is anybody who's kind of poo-pooing women's wrestling can't do that anymore. Not when those guys are like, this was awesome. I'd love to do this again. That kind of stuff. I, but I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, in some ways, I think, you know, we've kind of been past that point. Maybe not. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe I'm naive. But, but uh, you know, when you see um, Iowa here a year ago or a couple of years ago, having uh, a member of the Hawkeye, you know, a female member of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and, and now bringing in more with Allie Reagan going to train there. And I, I, I don't know that that's the end of, of it. I don't know that she'll be alone there. Um, you know, Iowa having, tra- you know, the women's team come out for training camps and, and you know, we, we see more of an emphasis, you know, Arizona State having Victoria Anthony in, in there to train there on a regular basis. Uh, you know, we're just seeing seeing more of, um, you know, the men and work, women working together rather than, you know, two separate entities. And I think, you know, we've seen here in recent weeks just the support that uh, the women have gotten from uh, different places, different men on, uh, you know, the the pursuit of um, emerging sports status with the NCAA. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think the, the game has totally changed. And, and also, uh, you know, I, I don't know that anybody that's watched women's wrestling can say that that it's not getting substantially better. You know, all the time, the technique that they're using. Um, you know, I think about the, the Japanese girl at 48 kilos. I mean, you, you watch her, like, left-handed sweep single. Yeah. Just a world-class shot, ultra quick. I mean, yeah. just some of, some of the techniques that we see, you know. Yeah. It's, it's come a long way. It's come a long, long way since 2012. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what the next, uh, three years of this quad brings. Yeah. But, uh, I agree with everything ahead. you're saying. I just think there are certain people that were like, well, you know, like 
I mean, I know people that they're like, well, I guess we have to, you know, I guess women's wrestling is important. I mean, they wouldn't ever, I couldn't ever get anybody to agree to it, you know, publicly, because it's obviously the worst thing in the world you could say publicly, but, um, you know, it's the least PC thing in the world. But I think it gave, this weekend gave women's wrestling a lot of deserved legitimacy. And, um. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you got John Smith, Tom Brown, Zeke Jones going to bat for you. Yeah, that's a pretty you know, good crew. Terry right? Cola. Yeah. 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 That's not absolutely. bad, right? Yeah. So, right. yeah, I think that, and you know, obviously, and then it's not like, well, okay, gosh, I hope they can do good. You know, it's like, no, they're, you know, America arguably has the best women's wrestler in the world right now. Yep. You know, I mean, that's yep. huge, man. That's unbelievable. And, and she's a really good person, like you said. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, that was super cool to watch. Just, you know, I don't know. I just, the level of stuff she's hitting is, is kind of stupid. I mean, stupid in a good way, like as a compliment, like just ridiculous. Like, and and she is getting better. Like, and the same thing with like, yeah. like Snyder's getting better. Yeah. You know, we talked about Gilman, you know, going from the last chance. Snyder in 2015 gets pinned by Kyvin Gadsden and then since then beats the defending Olympic champ twice just to make the team, then goes and beats a legend to win the his three first. of them. Yeah. Okay. Three of them. Yeah. Okay. Over the last three years. Yeah. No, but I mean, in 2015, to beat a legend to win that title and then just go on a tear. And, you know, people kind of like, well, okay, you know, that kind of makes sense. You know, like, yeah, I could see that. Like, no one saw that happening. People forget, like, how good Jake Varner is and was. You know, and he had to beat him twice after getting embarrassed in the national finals. You know, and and after beating Jaden Cox in the semis, like. Just you kind of look back on this stuff. You're like, oh my god, what? Ha-? You know, I can't believe we saw all this. So yeah, yeah. So well, David, we've taken up quite a bit of time already. We're over our hour. Okay. Plenty of stuff we could still talk about, but it might have to wait for another show. That's okay though. So this was a this yep. was the show, this show, and the show where we talked about the preview for the nationals. Um, which I think was actually you or my guest on Matt Chat, but it's, you know, same thing. It's the Andy and David show. Um, this, this show and that one were the two that I looked forward to, to doing the most. So, um, you know, I took my cough medicine and got my jet lag and tried to keep up with you for an hour. It's been really fun talking about all this. Well, yeah, we, uh, we're going to have Cadet World Championships next week on track wrestling. I'm going to be tied up with that over in Athens. Two-day format for every weight class. There's going to be some long days in there, but uh, we will be back at it in a couple weeks when I get back to the United States. In uh, early September, mid-September, I guess it'll be. So halfway through my 25-day voyage over to Europe, looking forward to getting back to the States, though. So anyway, David, anything else? No, just... Man, just so happy for you. You know, I just, you know, you're doing great stuff over there. And, you know, 
Um, I don't think a lot of people may know this, but when we first started doing this stuff, you and I had never even met. And, uh, you know, um, I mean, it's funny, like we finally shook hands and, you know, right before border brawl and it was kind of like, okay, nice to, you know, it's not like nice to meet you. It's like, all right, we know (laughs) we've been talking forever. So, um, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed that you're my friend and I'm really, really proud of you and happy for you for all the great things you're doing over there. And I, I think, you know, I was watching all this happen and I was like, man, this is so cool for a guy like Andy to, to be a part of this stuff. And hopefully USA Wrestling realizes that you are the lucky charm and the difference and we'll keep you coming to these events, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, but, uh, I've been really fortunate and, uh, you know, sports taking me a lot of cool places and, and Saturday night in Paris was, was something I'm never going to forget. So. Yeah, definitely uh, do not take for granted these opportunities and, you know, looking forward to another one uh, next week in Athens and we'll see if the United States can finish off street men's freestyle sweep and see what can happen for the Greco and women's programs as well. I think there are going to be uh, 29 Americans hitting the mats in Athens and look forward to a lot more medals coming home to the United States and some more top-notch wrestling over there. So that'll do it for this week's edition of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mirkatani. Check us out on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Download us, download and listen to us on the go through Jason Bryant's Matt Talk Podcast Network. Or uh, if you're listening to us on the Matt Talk Podcast Network, be sure to go back to Track Wrestling. Check out all the coverage. Shane Sparks knocked it out of the park with his interviews in Paris and uh, also really cool behind-the-scenes footage of Jordan Burroughs and uh, Kedig Sabalov getting ready for the world championship at 74 kilos as well as Snyder and Sajaliavity are at 97 kilos. So sure to check out all that stuff. The matches are up on track wrestling as well. So, David, thank you as always. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to us, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.